Hey everyone, it's David here, and I'm back again with another episode. And today I have Joyce. She's a an English teacher. She works as an independent contractor, and she works she works uh, with individual or I guess individuals that are going through different crises. So, Joyce, welcome on. The, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. Uh, so, tell us a little bit about what you do in, the, in your occupation. In the business part of the work that I do, I am a conflict and crisis strategist. So I help leaders and their teams um, deal with the conflict and crisis to, in order to um, reduce the pressure that they are feeling as a result of it. When, we have a, when we're faced with a conflict or a crisis, whether it's a health challenge or a change in relationship or even something like the pandemic, we tend to get that tunnel focus and it starts to become, not only do we get tunnel focus, the only thing that we tend to see is the problem. And then we start to, you'll hear people start to, that ruined my life, I was doing so well and then, and but that doesn't have to be that way. And so that's one of the big messages that I share about either conflict or crisis is it's a circumstance. We all have circumstances. They're not all the same ones. And this is actually something that we can turn into a positive. And part of the reason that I have found that to be true and the reason that I share that is that I, uh, when I was a teenager, I was diagnosed with aplastic anemia. It's a bone marrow failure syndrome. And that was right after my first year of college. And throughout the second year of college, I was actually also a nursing major at the time. So I was getting, I was doing more than the hands-on experience. I was doing the full body experience of dealing with um, health challenges. And so by the end of the second year, I had been diagnosed with a second bone marrow failure syndrome. And that the key on that one was that now the bone marrow transplant wasn't the treatment of choice anymore. Now it was the only treatment. And so I ended up that summer going in for a transplant and that left me in isolation in a laminar flow unit for three months and sterilized environment, sterilized food, no running water. It was like a really bad camping trip <laughs> that was very clean. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but I, and, and part of the challenge for that was that the bone marrow does carry the immune system. And so that's why they have to crash the immune system and hence the need for the laminar flow unit. The problem that I faced was that I ended up having graft-versus-host disease, and I also ended up with a whole slew of other severe complications that I wasn't expected to survive. But after the two bone marrow failure syndromes, all of the complications that have happened between then and now, we're at over 10 life-threatening illnesses, injuries, or conditions, and I am still going strong. I broke my back maybe badly um, about five years ago, and that left me really unable to walk, unable to move. I really couldn't do anything without excruciating pain, 
And at the same time, I also had hyperinflated lungs. That was one of the complications that was lasting after the transplant. And so I went from having 29% lung function to that, that the broken back took about three inches of height off of my thoracic column. And so now those hyperinflated lungs had even less space to be able to operate in. And so it reduced my ability to breathe that much more. And so it was, it got to the point where then we were talking about a lung transplant. Unfortunately, I was denied by seven of the top centers in the US for a transplant. And one of the docs actually got to the point where he's just said, you know, frankly, you'd be better off going home and living out the days that you have left. And I'm like, days? <laughs> Who even says that? Wow, that is something, right? Right. That, but... that, is, that is something else, you know? It, it is, but that was five years ago. And um, those numbers have not changed. And so what's really a neat message for me to be able to share is that the crisis doesn't the crisis doesn't have to define who you are it doesn't have to define your life it is just a circumstance and you get to choose how you respond to it that's how we control the lives that we have is by maintaining by managing our responses that we have instead of reacting and by doing that i have built my own business out of that and also dealing with conflict as well. That's a whole that other is, background story. <laughs> that is absolutely that is absolutely correct. You know, you have to uh, maintain that level of positivity and intensity, no matter what you're facing. And from what I've heard so far, it seems like you've gone through a lot, but you've always been able to get back up and keep on going. And I definitely admire that of you and um uh i would like to know um as far as you helping those dealing with the, i guess crises right now what's been the most rewarding aspect of of that i think one of the my one thing that has really been coming out of this is that it's been an opportunity for me to expand the message that I share. And so for the, um, the employers, the message that I am really getting out to them is, this is a time when you have an opportunity to really make the most of people that have disabilities. Because the people that are living with disabilities are, have expertise by definition on a day-to-day -day basis on how to live and how to function and carry on normal functions when the entire world around you is not, when you're not able to do things the way that you normally would. That's really what we do. We have expertise in that. And so I was really out there encouraging the employers with that message because I think that this is a time that people with disabilities can be out there and shining and showing a whole new message and showing a whole new strength that other people haven't necessarily seen before. And for the people with disabilities, one of the messages that I also want to be able to share is, you know, this is a chance for us to really get out there and say, hey, you know, up to now you've been saying I couldn't do this from home. 
but now we know that we can do this from home. And so work with me here. I can be so much better for you. It's an opportunity to advocate so much stronger for yourself now that we have this experience and we know what we can do by working from home. So, so in regards to that, um, have you have you been doing this for uh, for a while? What's what's your main, what's your long term goal with this? Where do you want to take this? A lot of uh, oh boy, that's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> oh no, not a, not a problem at all. It's it's a good problem to have. I have the vision of expanding the company quite a bit. I have. Um, a desire to increase the the clients that we work with. In 2020, I was really focusing on getting certified, getting the company certified to be able to work with the government as a contractor. And so I gained a lot of certifications there. So now I'm qualified to go in and work with the government. So that's a new branch. It's a new set of clients that I have the opportunity to work with. And then I'm also looking at expanding to be able to do more services such as working with offering motivational speaking or trainings. So maybe going in and working with either doctors or attorneys and being able to expand, here's how we can communicate better with people. For the medical profession, there is a, there, there are a lot of things that they, they may need to be able to say. And I understand that there is a need to share certain information, but there's a way that we can share it that doesn't have to be devastating. I didn't necessarily need to hear live out the days that you have left. <laughs> you know, there was a way that he could have said something that got I'll be, that I'll be honest across. with you. I'll be honest with you. When I when I when you said that, I was like, that who in the right mind would say that? That is so to me that is really insulting and offensive the way that they say said that to you. But it's it's incredible how you've I feel like you were the bigger person because you didn't let this kind of deter you from moving forward you know most people would be like uh, or some people would be like you know i can't handle this kind of criticism so i have to go hide and i i can't do this for myself and unless they have somebody or people to support them that say hey don't let this bother you just keep on moving forward um then they just can't but it seems like you you had a really strong mentality so when they told you that you're like uh, i can't i won't accept this i will not I will not be brought down by just a couple of words that someone told me. I have to keep moving forward. Yeah, and that's a big part of it. For me, the thing that actually got me out of that, that actually changed it. And here's what's interesting about that is, number one, the numbers, if you look at those same test results today, those numbers haven't changed. They had not improved at all. But the level with which I function is completely, is significantly improved. And that's something that is beyond the comprehension of a lot of the medical profession. To the extent where if I go and when I went in to be evaluated again a year later by the same, one of the same transplant teams, their comment to me ended up being, you look the same on paper 
we were fully prepared to deny you and make it so that you would not be eligible to come back to be reevaluated. But today we're actually telling you that we are deferring you because now you are too healthy. And that was exactly oh. the res that was the result I wanted wow. to hear. That was perfect for me because awesome. I didn't want to need a transplant. I already had one of those. Been there, done that. Thank you. And <laughs> let's. <laughs> I'm not done working with these ones yet. How long so, did it take? How long did it take them to to I guess defer you? We did not go through the full testing, but what happened was that for me, they had enough baseline tests in place that, and they had also seen me in person and seen, I mean, at one point, one of the tests that they have you do is a six minute walk. And so you're walking the same pathway in the same area, the same as every other patient for six minutes. And even if you don't move at all, you're still, the clock is still ticking. And so the goal is to see how far you can go within that six minute time frame. And, and I, I took it as a challenge at that point because the, I showed up that day without needing oxygen. And the respiratory therapist that was doing this test with me wasn't confident that I was going to be okay. And so he had said, I'm just going to carry this tank with me and we're all ready to go. So if you need it, I, we're going to just pop it on and you can continue on your way. So he was connected to me and we also had the oximeter going and everything. So, so at one point I actually had him running to catch up because <laughs> around the edge. Mm -hmm. and, and it became a game for me. And so that was one of the things that I did. But the big thing that I think changed it for me was that at one point I realized that I actually was really upset about the idea of passing. I wasn't ready to go yet. I, and yet I was, I was not living, I was existing. I, all I could do was be on the couch and I had to be one position I could be in because of the back where I could actually gain a reasonable level of comfort. And what ended up, what I ended up realizing was that I actually was unhappy because during the transplant, I had decided that I wanted to be able to pay it forward. I wanted to be able to make my greatest contribution. And that day on the couch lying there, I realized that I was so unhappy about the idea of passing because I hadn't made that contribution yet. And that was the one decision that changed everything for me. And that's what got me up off the couch going, okay, what do I need to do in order to make that happen? And, and that's what I started doing. Every time that I hit a hidden obstacle, I was like, okay, what do I need in order to be able to work with that? And I found assistive devices and things that nobody had ever, <laughs> that I had never seen before, I'd never heard of, but by asking the right questions, I was able to find what I needed and, um, make it happen. I was able to find, for example, in one case early on, I had the oxygen tanks that I had to travel with. And I also wasn't strong enough to hold myself up, let alone carry oxygen tanks as well. And so I had to use a, um, I had to use a walker. 
Well, walkers in general are relatively heavy. And if you have a back injury, such as seven bro broken vertebrae that I had, that were not able to, they weren't able to operate on because they couldn't do that without the lung transplant, and they couldn't do the lung transplant without that <laughs> surgery, and so, and they couldn't do those together, and so it was a matter of having to heal myself in from for both of those issues, and so I. The, with the back injury, they were firm on the idea that you cannot lift anything that is more than 10 pounds. Well, walkers in general are more than 10 pounds. And that is very true. And I was fortunate that I found one that folded up small enough that I could easily put it into my car, and it was only six pounds. And yet it was strong enough to be able to move with me and be able to, and it had wheels on the front. And so it was actually exactly what I ended up needing. And then when I was ready to upgrade from there to a pair of crutches, I also needed a specific set of perimeters for those as well. And I ended up finding one pair of crutches that would meet that requirement as well. So don't go by what you've seen out there already or what people are telling you just because just from one limited perspective you can start asking new questions you can start looking at new resources and chances are there's something out there that can help and so so i really your story today on on the show has been absolutely uh motivating it's it's incredible what you've gone through and and then I was wondering, is there like any way that anyone here can reach out to you if they need assistance or any advice, um, help with anything as far as dealing with a certain situation that they're currently dealing with? Absolutely. I one of the things that I offer currently is um, I do offer coaching, and I can work with that. I can also, I'm certainly willing to hop on a call and see what the situation is and see what makes sense, see if there is a, something that we can come up with to fit the needs as well. So my website is conflictoptions.us and there is a contact us link down at the bottom right corner of the screen. Awesome, awesome. Um, and definitely, you know, it's it's as far as like crises and things like that. It's always so important to to uh, reach out. You know, when you have when you're dealing with a certain issue in a certain part of your life or any kind of obstacle, it's always like I always encourage my students. I'm a teacher. Ask for help. It's okay to ask for help. It's it's not okay to just bottle it up and not say anything because it it makes things a whole lot worse. Now, um, I, and also, it, like I said, it's okay to ask questions. Like if you're having a problem and you, you reach you reach out to your, to someone, you know, you can ask, what can I do? What are, what are some ways I can improve? And what are some ways that I can just move, move forward from this? I mean, it's, it's always good to have somebody to lean on and talk to and just let them listen to you, you know? It, it is. I love that you are, are talking about asking for help because that actually, we 
come to expect the idea that if you're asking for help, it means that you need help and that means you are helpless and therefore you are weak. But that's actually not true. If we're asking for help, it means that we are vulnerable and that actually is a strength. And that's one of the one of my favorite messages to be able to pass on. And sometimes we start to question, I also volunteer at, a, at the crisis text line at times. And one of the big questions that we get is people will say, well, this isn't really a crisis button. And I was like, well, that doesn't, you don't have to be having an earth shattering experience in order for it to qualify. The question is, is it holding you back right now? And there is no question that's too small or too big to be able to ask of somebody else. If a question is coming up, ask it. And sometimes when you ask it of a family member or friend, they may not, they may have the best of intentions and yet they may have limited experience themselves. And so one of the things that we hear a lot is, oh, you know, they don't understand. You know, you'll try to have a conversation and they'll be like, you never want to do anything. Well, I'm, <laughs> and, and, right. and it can be so frustrating, but that in a way is a crisis. We just need to learn how to communicate better with the people that are supporting us and vice versa as well. They deserve support the same as you deserve support because they're one of my when I after I had the transplant, I had um, I met a person at a conference that at the national conference for the Aplastic Anemia Foundation at the time it was called, and um, and we ended up dating, and it, it, he eventually ended up passing from that same disease that I had initially been diagnosed with because he didn't have a match for the bone marrow. And so what I learned from that is that it's not, we think that it's easier to sit and watch somebody else go through something. But from my experience, having been the person going through and the person who's watching and supporting, in some cases, it's even more challenging for me to be the person supporting because of the fact that our imagination is so wild and we so much want to be able to help. <laughs> and, and so it can be helpful to have a person that's on the outside who is able to say, neither one of you is wrong and being able to have a conversation. And sometimes it helps to be able to facilitate a conversation with both as well, to be able to improve the communication and the perspectives that everybody has. That, that's, uh, that is incredible. And uh, I, the way that I see all this is, you're one of the unsung heroes that not many people know about that exist, you know? They just, you're just out there, you're just in the background, making a difference. And that's, that's one thing that I like to um, encourage and highlight, is I like to highlight individuals that are out there making a difference without expecting you know anything in return you know it's so at the end of the day it's not about the fame or the money it's the fact that you're making a difference and you're just you're just making everything better for everyone around the world absolutely we all come into the world the same way we're all going out the same way we don't have to make it harder in between right <laughs> 
Like they always, like they, you always grow up with this rule, treat, treat others the way you want to be treated and don't judge anybody. Don't judge a book by its cover. You don't know their story and you don't know what, how, what they've been through. Exactly. Even if, even if you have an identical twin and even if you were raised exactly the same, had the exact same teachers, had the exact same experience, and you have a slightly different perspective. Something is just different enough that there can be a completely different outcome from that. Well, well Joyce, um, I definitely appreciate you uh, sharing your, your story. It's motivating. I hope uh, a lot of individuals get, they listen to this and they have a whole new outlook on life, especially if they're dealing with a situation such as yours. And I'm definitely looking forward to seeing uh, what kind of impact you do. And uh, I'll be definitely cheering from you up from the sidelines. That's for sure. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me on. It was fun having a conversation with you. You're welcome. And, and thank you. And everyone, uh, this episode will be hopefully on, on YouTube. It'll be on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you guys listen to the show. I definitely appreciate your support. And remember... If I can do it, so can you.